0: Welcome back, Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. I'm Derek Schultz. Lots going on tonight, including a final in a softball state final that went extra innings. Sam Fritz has it for you right now from the Update Desk.
1: Thank you, Derek. That's right. We have two softball finals to talk about. The Class 1A took place earlier today, and Tecumseh defended their championship crown, repeating a 1A championship yet again, defeating Kasten 6-0. That game, the went into extra innings, just wrapped up a few moments ago, and it was Penn upsetting the defending 4A champions – in the Ron Colley Royals, Penn winning 2-1 off a wild pitch in the ninth. Talking about boys baseball, we have some of the second games that were being played in semi-states reporting their final scores today. Speaking of Penn, their boys baseball team was also victorious in their second-round semi-state game, beating Hamilton Southeastern 1-0. Center Grove defeated Castle 5-2. Bar Reeve was up over Shackamack 4-2, and Andrean beat Heritage 8-2. As far as final scores go, our last one was Ileana Christian beating Delphi Community decisively 12-1 in that game. There's Major League Baseball on the mound tonight as well. Final scores that are across the board right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks won 5-0 over the Detroit Tigers. The Miami Marlins had 5 as well over the Chicago White Sox, who only were able to put up a single run on their end. The Cincinnati Reds were victorious earlier today, 8-4 over the St. Louis Cardinals and Cincinnati happen to have a fantastic Luke Maley three-run double that got them started in the top of the second.
0: Hammer to left field. That's a base hit. Stevenson scores. He beckons Benson. He sprints to the plate.
1: Furious windmill for Fairchild. He roars home and Manley cleans the bases. Fun fact about this game. Andrew Abbott, the starting pitcher for the Reds, is the first pitcher since 1893 to begin his career with consecutive starts having five scoreless innings. Moving on, the Minnesota Twins were up over the Toronto Blue Jays 9-4. San Diego, San Diego Padres beat the Colorado Rockies. 3-2. Baltimore Orioles defeat the Ka- Kansas City Royals 6-1. The Los Angeles Dodgers laid into the Philadelphia Phillies 9-0. New York Mets beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 5-1. The Oakland Athletics score a rare victory over the Milwaukee Brewers 2-1. Texas Rangers beat the Tampa Bay Rays 8-4. to four. Atlanta Braves were up over the Washington Nationals 6-4. The Houston Astros defeated the Cleveland Guardians 6-4 as well. Now we have games in progress. I'm sorry, we have one game in progress, another just recently wrapped up. The New York Yankees beat the Boston Red Sox 3-1, and the Chicago Cubs are now in the final. They beat the San Francisco Giants 4-0. As far as Chicago goes, it was Christopher Morrell who was the scoring machine for them today. He started off with a home run that the Giants didn't even recognize was hit. Morel deep to right field. This one is off the top of Levi's
0: landing. That's a home run as it's being called right now.
1: You hear the reporter call it a home run, but the Giants actually moved the ball infield as if they still stood a chance to get an out. Just a couple innings later, Christopher Morell also knocked in a two-run single. Big with the infield in, too. Now they get to back up with two down. Here's Morel. Hard hit
0: ball, back up the middle, past the diving Estrada for a base hit. Madrigal is in, Tuckman is in, and Christopher Morel has found the stroke the last two trips to the plate. He's driven in three...
1: Now, there's just one more baseball game yet to get underway. First pitch will be in just a couple of minutes. The Seattle Mariners and the Los Angeles Angels take to the Diamond at 10:07. Now, you also may know there is some NHL Stanley Cup finals underway tonight. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are looking to get up three games to one, and that's represented in the score as the Golden Knights are currently up over the Panthers 3-1 to one at the end of the second, third period yet to get underway. Finally, if you're a fan of racing, the 24 Hours of Le Mans is underway. The number 94 Peugeot was in the lead going into the 11th hour, but actually hit a wall and wrecked, having to return to pit row. They've fallen behind and now sit at 11th place in the back of the pack. Of course, they still have plenty of time to catch up. The car that has taken over is the Ferrari, which now is in the lead with 155 laps. More for me in 15 minutes for Network Indian Sports. I'm Sam Fritz.
0: Hour number two indiana sports talk network indiana thanks so much for joining us i'm Derek schultz sam fritz with the five minute update those are always tough five minutes that's a long time i remember doing back in college i'm gonna date myself a little bit here but the old wius now wiux it used to be an am station and it was let me think 1570 on the on your radio dial and I think that signal reached a block and a half. I, I think it reached Collins. It, it might have gotten to the informatics school. Um, that's about as far as it went. <laughs> and this is the part where I date myself. Um, we were so excited when I was a sophomore because we had online streaming. So you could listen to the station on the internet. Whoa! Whoa! Really cool. So my dad and my, my parents in Connecticut, who were probably the only two people that listened to me do anything on the radio in 2002, were able to uh, to listen to me on the old WIUS. But we used to do, um, I'm trying to remember what the sports flashes, I think they were called. I might be confusing those with the old WFAN in, in New York City. Um, sports, sports break, sports blitz you know all these updates they're they're kind of the same thing but I remember it was uh, three and a half minutes and it just felt like an eternity to have to get through three and a half minutes like literally I would be going through um, you know Indiana women's water polo (laughs) scores in a a three and a half minute update so uh, God bless our friend Sam Fritz for getting through five minutes the good news for Sam is that there's a lot to talk about tonight. You know, generally in in the summer months, we're just kind of stringing out some of the Major League Baseball scores and all of that, but th- there's actually a lot to get to, including, you know, something else going on right now that um gained a lot of interest this week because of the storyline involving them being unable to host when they had earned home field and a chance to host a super regional for the first time ever. Indiana State is in Fort Worth right now. Um, holding on for dear life. They're down to their final nine outs in an elimination game against TCU. Double elimination. They lost last night's game 4-1. to one. So uh, their season rides on these next three innings. And it, it was a feel-good story, but also a frustrating story at the same time. The, the feel-good portion of it is that Terre Haute was hosting Special Olympics Indiana for a big event there. And TCU fans kind of found out about it. And they were able to raise thirty grand for Special Olympics Indiana, which at the end of the day, that's great, right? That's much bigger than sports, the impact that, that something like that has. Um, but still, for, for Indiana State to have earned that opportunity to host a Super Regional and put the program on national TV and, and be on ESPN— And for people to see Indiana State across the jerseys, it it was a real branding opportunity for the university who has lost enrollment over the past couple of years. Um, A a missed one, a missed opportunity for them. Um, Good on them for keeping to their word. Good on them for understanding, look, we can't host both of these things. We just don't have the manpower to do it. Um, And obviously with it being Special Olympics Indiana, it's not like it was a... You know, um, a concert or something that that they were punting the super regional for. Um, that's a, a worthy event for sure. But you feel for those kids at Indiana State because it was such an electric atmosphere last week at the regional. They swept through, uh, beating Wright State, and then winning both games against Iowa. And the fans were tremendous, and there were three thousand people there. It was incredible for Indiana State to be on that kind of a stage. And uh, unfortunately in Fort Worth where it's all purple because, you know, how many people really made the trip down from Terre Haute? Um, it looks like, you know, knock on wood that this isn't the case, but um, hopefully this isn't the case that their season may end tonight against the Horn Frogs. Baseball and softball are – I, I think it's kind of like almost becoming like Eric Spolstra where we keep talking about how underrated college baseball and college softball are to watch. Cause it's so exciting um, that now I think the secret's getting out that this is a lot of fun, like college baseball. I don't think in this country will ever be what college basketball or college football is or, or have that national appeal. But I, I think the TV ratings probably will back this up. Far more people are watching college baseball right now than we're, 10 15 years ago at least that's how it feels to me now maybe that's biased because IU's program has has really come on here and now indiana state and ball state but certainly feels that college baseball is on the rise definitely in indiana but nationwide as well we've got more to get to including the nba finals speaking of uh, a fait accompli we've got one for a team that has never ever won a championship before we're talking about it next indiana sports talk on network indiana
1: stick around all right, all of the boys' semi-state second-round semi semi-second games are in the book. Let's go ahead and give you the final scores there. Penn defeating Hamilton Southeastern 1-0. Center Grove up over Castle 5-2. Bar Reeve defeating Shackamack 4-2. Andrean beats Heritage 8-2. Lafayette Central Catholic was up over Fort Wayne Blackhawk 6-4. Heritage Christian fell to Covenant Christian, 10-6. Silver Creek defeats Indianapolis Bishop Chittard, 8-1. And Ileana Christian defeated Delphi Community, 12-1. Again, girls state finals in softball. Both those games are in the books. Tecumseh winning the Class 1A state championship again, 6-0 over Caston, And Penn defeating Ron Colley, 2-1, to earn the Class 4A softball state championship. As it comes to baseball, going back through those scores again. The Seattle Mariners and Los Angeles Angels are finally underway. Middle of the first there. Score still nothing to nothing. Earlier, your Chicago Cubs were in action and they defeated the San Francisco Giants 4 to nothing. In that game, it was truly Christopher Morrell who paid dividends. Morrell was two for four from the plate, three RBIs, and accounting for one run himself, essentially the entire Chicago scoring line. Winning pitcher Kyle Hendricks managed to get managed to get eight innings pitched a rarity in today's modern baseball. Only gave up one hit, had a walk and managed to accrue three strikeouts while Julian Merriweather gets the save. For Network Indian Sports, I'm Sam Fritz.
0: Welcome back, Indiana Sports Talk Network, Indiana. I'm Derek Schultz. Thanks for hanging with us on your Saturday night. We'll talk NBA finals here in just a second. Denver completing a sweep back to back wins over Miami, now on the verge of their first ever NBA championship. But the Indy Alley Cats laugh in the face of back to back wins. What? They put together four straight wins now to run their season record to four and two after a victory tonight over Chicago Union and on to talk about that the voice of the Indianapolis Alley Cats and among other things is our good buddy John Herrick who joins us now on Network Indiana. Cats are hot right now aren't they John? Yeah, Derek,
2: they really are. Uh yeah, this was this was a game you know Chicago's given the Alley Cats fits uh, over the years um and they had a chance going into tonight uh to beat the Alley Cats for uh, for the Alley Cats rather to beat the Union for the first time more than once in five years. I mean, usually it's either the Union, you know, sweeping the series, or it's the Alley Cats winning uh, one game and then the Union winning another one. And so it's, it's usually been very difficult for Indianapolis to beat them more than once. And for them to win tonight in dominating fashion, uh, it was the second half where they really pulled away, outscoring the Union six to two in the third quarter. And then as soon as the Union made another run, Alley Cats responded. It was a it was a heck of a game that they needed. Uh and now they're in sole possession of second place uh in the central division. So they got another game coming up against the Minnesota Windchill later this year, and the Windchill are in the first in, in the first position right now in first place. So if they can keep this going, they could possibly find a way to win a division title. So the Alley Cats are playing really well right now.
0: Is my man Cam Brock still out there killing it? I mean, he's gotta be what, thirty 30- four, thirty five years old now. I
2: think he's. I think he's thirty-four. Um, you know, uh, and he just—he actually just recently had his second baby. Uh, but yeah, he all-time leading scorer in AUDL history. And uh, you know what was really cool about it was something I, ha- I had a conversation with the after the game tonight. He said, you know, even though he's gotten older, the attention on him has actually increased. I mean, he'll be near the goal line about to score, or he'll come near the pylon and like three dudes will follow him. And so that's just leaving other people open. It's and, and that's what happened. He only scored a couple times tonight, but all sorts of other players scored. And so he opens up so many things for everybody else because of all the attention on him. So, yeah, he's still playing at a very high level. He's getting assists. He's, He's scoring goals, and, and he's just uh, his leadership is outstanding.
0: You've called a ton of different sports over the years. For people at home that m- might not have ever seen ultimate frisbee, ultimate disc before, what would be even the closest comparison, uh, Johnny? It, it, it's almost like lacrosse, isn't it? Where it's constant yeah. action, even though obviously it's a completely different sport. Yeah, it's got similarities between with lacrosse,
2: and it's also a little bit like football. Uh, because similarly to football, where you have after a score, you have the kickoff. Well, an ultimate disc, it's basically the pull. So each after each team scores, they have the pull where they throw the disc back to the other team. And then they get their chance uh, to come after it. The difference is, though, with with ultimate Frisbee compared to a lot of these other sports is it's no contact. You're not supposed to make contact with the players. You can You get up in their face and you guard them. Uh, but you cannot, you know, you can't foul them, you can't hit them. And even if you make inadvertent contact, a foul is called on you and the other team if, with the disc can move up a few yards and they get better field position. So um, it's – but it is, it's it's – you kind of need to have, much like soccer – and lacrosse and, and, you know, in football, you better have really good endurance if you're going to play uh, ultimate. And when you're like Cam Brock or, or Travis Carpenter, who's another longtime member of the Alley Cats, those guys have both been with the Alley Cats since 2012 when they started. Uh, so if you're going to play in this league for a long time, you've got to have endurance. And those two guys and the rest of this team, especially this year, certainly have that
0: endurance you've been busy this summer you really are never not busy uh the news director at wibc of course part of the flagship here at at network indiana and also all of the play-by-play stuff that you do but before you know it the indiana football season will be here and i know the hoosiers looking forward to putting last season behind them just from what you've gathered from being around the team in in bloomington as well and and what they've been saying are you expecting a, a bounce back season for iu in 2023
2: yeah, I, I think you know the, the early season, the early part of the season though won't be the biggest test. And the reason why I say that is because I've, you know, as you as you and I both know, you and I have had this conversation a lot. IU always seems to start, you know, three and zero or three and one, and they 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 do start off the season against um, you know Ohio State, which is very tough at home. But then they have some non conference games. They do have that home game on a Friday night against Indiana State, which will be interesting. But, you know, I, I think the big thing is if they can just find some stability at the quarterback position, that will be a huge help. Getting Taven Jackson to come there is huge. You know, Trace Jackson, Davis's brother. Um, and then maybe maybe Dexter Williams can come back. He had that incredibly devastating injury in the last game of the season against Purdue when IU had a 7-3 to lead and was on the move down the field to possibly score again and he has that just crazy injury where his, his leg buckles on him and he's out for the rest of the game. So, and then the wind went out of their sails after that. So some of it's been poor play. Some of it's been just bad luck. Uh, but they've gotten some good players. Tom Allen, of course, seems you know, renewed and as energetic as ever. So it's hard not to feel the optimism early in the season. I just hope that they can sustain it and figure out something for uh, the latter part of the season because that's where things started to tail off last year and, and get away from them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. The road schedule is not quite as grueling, and it's not quite as heavy on the back end. I mean, I thought November last year was crazy for IU in terms of how much they were traveling late in November, and now in the road. Yeah, yeah, you do have to go to Purdue this year. You do have to go to Illinois, but it's just it's not as bad. I don't feel like we have as many big wrong, big long, difficult road trips. Um, so that'll help things too. I think a little bit more of a favorable schedule, getting some talented guys in the, in the transfer portal. Um, might mean that, you know, IU can improve their win total this season, but we'll certainly see what happens.
0: You just hope that they can kind of ride that wave of, of what's happening right now with seemingly all the other sports in Bloomington, what we saw from the baseball and the softball teams both making the NCAA tournaments this year. Obviously what Terry Morin's done with the women's basketball program, Mike Woodson and, and the men have the arrow pointed straight up. It just feels like everything's cooking right now in IU, and I, I just really desperately want football to be a part of that as well. Yeah,
2: I, I do too. And I, I think, you know, um, Alan knows that. I feel like he's made some, some really good changes. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a very vibrant place right now. Uh, the basketball team has made some, some good changes on the on the men's side. And then, you know, I, I think definitely the sky can be the limit uh, for the women's team with what Terry Morin's done. And I think they signed her through a contract extension through 2029. So I mean it is just it is incredibly fun right now uh in Bloomington and you just kinda of feel like if that football team can just get to that six win total, maybe seven, and they're looking at bowl eligibility, that would be um that that'd be a huge, huge boom for this for this football program. And as Tom Allen gets further and further along into his contract, he's gonna have to start putting together some results. So he knows it. He's been hard at work all off season doing it. And we'll see if they can put it together
0: on the field. Yeah, just getting back to that twenty fifteen to twenty stretch where, you know, you're you're constantly in bowl contention. You're basically playing in bowl games every year. I'm not asking for them to be, you know, ranked in the top fifteen like they were for that stretch there or anything like that, but it would be nice to kind of just crank out that bowl eligibility and, and be a winning football team again. Uh the Alley Cats back at home next week as well. Tickets available. At uh, on the Alley Cats website, they host Detroit next Saturday night at seven o'clock, and of course, John Herrick will be on that call. Always appreciate it, my friend. Thanks so much for calling in. Not a problem. Thank you, Derek. That's our buddy John Herrick, WIBC, play by play, Indy Alley Cats. Lots of stuff cooking for John, who um, who I've gotten to see just kind of his career trajectory take off over the years. Uh, I remember when he was a uh DePaul student at the old WGRE in Greencastle, and all the way to news director of the great WIBC. Pretty incredible for John. Great dude and a uh, terrific broadcaster as well. We appreciate him joining the show. I promise NBA Finals. We will have NBA Finals for you next as Indiana Sports Talk rolls along here on Network Indiana.
1: All right, for this update, let's give a couple of live scores. The NHL Stanley Cup Finals are in action, and the Florida Panthers are at home defending their home ice against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Panthers trail the Stanley Cup Final Series with only one game to the Golden Knights 2. They also trail in this game but are not going down without a fight as they've gone up from 3-1 now at 3-2, with 12 minutes remaining in the third period. Again, the Golden Knights leading currently 3-2, in that matchup. In baseball, only one game is currently live. It's the Seattle Mariners against the Los Angeles Angels. Mariners and Angels tied nothing to nothing in the middle of the second. Angels are hitless. Mariners have two on the board. Both pitchers right now, Brian Wu for Seattle and Patrick Sandoval for Los Angeles have two strikeouts apiece. Moving on to some MLS Major League Soccer action. couple of games that are headed towards the home stretch. The Houston Dynamo are up 4 to nothing over LAFC with 90 minutes played. They're in extra time now. Chicago and Columbus are tied 1-1. One to one. That game will likely be going into an overtime period. And then Real Salt Lake and New York City just hit halftime. They're still tied 0-0. Zero zero. A couple of games still to get underway for later tonight. San Jose and Philadelphia should be kicking off any minute now. And then Vancouver and Cincinnati, Cincinnati leading the Eastern Conference in MLS, should be kicking off in just a couple of minutes as well. In USL soccer, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds beat the Charleston Battery 2-0. Indy 11 went to a 1-1 draw. And the Tampa Bay Rowdies beat New Mexico United 3-2. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz.
0: Thanks again to John Herrick for joining us last segment, talking Alley Cats, IU football and such. It is Indiana Sports Talk Network, Indiana. I'm Derek Schultz. And my thanks once again to Sam Fritz on the update desk. Also, Graham Shear, making sure our signal gets to you on all of our fine Network Indiana affiliates on this lovely June summer night in central Indiana, as we are downtown Indianapolis at the flagship at WIBC and 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Uh, NBA Finals, a fate accompli at this point. I, I generally don't speak in absolutes, but let's face it. The, the series is over. Um, Denver winning last night in Miami to take a commanding 3-1 lead. Um, not only are they not losing twice at home, they're not losing three straight. They're just – it's not happening. Um, and what's interesting to me as – you know somebody I'm I'm 40 now so I feel like I've seen a lot of NBA basketball but pretty much for the entirety of my life the NBA has been a dynasty league so I was born in 83 so that would have been that you know weird kind of Sixers one-off championship Moses Malone and um and and that group but for the most part the 80s was Lakers and Celtics right and then into the 90s you had the Bulls six championships sandwiched in between a Hakeem Olajuwon Houston Rockets repeat and that was followed by the start of whether you call it a dynasty or not the Spurs long run of five championships in a 15 year span starting in 99 Kobe and Shaq and the three Pete for the Lakers Again, weird Pistons one-off championship, the Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace team in 2004, right back to the Spurs, the Heat and Wade and Shaq, but you know, the Heat had a couple of more once Wade was joined by LeBron James. You had two more from Kobe in nine and 10 as back-to-back champions. You had the LeBron years. You had the weird one-off with Dallas. So there are a couple of scattered one-offs in here, but essentially speaking from 1980, so the start of the Lakers run, to 2016, 27. Well, actually, you know what? Let's go 2018. We'll, we'll include the Warriors in this as well. Steph Curry and then with Durant and all of that into the Warriors. From 2018, basically, you had almost 40 championships and you had, I think... Nine teams win? Eight teams win? And one of those, the the reason why it was a little bit different with Cleveland and and all that is because it was LeBron. (laughs) You know, really, you, you should just make LeBron his own team and say, okay, four for LeBron. Forget what team he played for. So it's been a dynasty league. But now you just go back the last five seasons and starting with 2019, where Kawhi Leonard goes to Toronto and they win a championship for the first time ever. Then you have the Lakers bubble team. Then you have Giannis in Milwaukee. Okay, we went back to the Warriors, so returned to normalcy a little bit last year. And now we're going to have Denver. So not only do you not have any repeats in there, you have three teams who haven't won, either haven't won in a very, very long time or have never won. And most people have no idea that the Milwaukee Bucks had won an NBA championship before, like 50 years ago, <laughs> with Oscar and and then Lou Alcindor, of course, became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like nobody remembers, unless you're an old head, nobody remembers that. You know, Sam and Graham and, and people like they they don't know that. But Giannis winning that championship, you would have never thought the Milwaukee Bucks would be an NBA champion. You never thought the Toronto Raptors would be an NBA champion. And I'll tell you what, even though they've had good teams, including when I was a little little kid, when they had the old rainbow jerseys and Alex English and Fat Lever and those teams, uh, I would have never thought I would say the phrase NBA champion Denver Nuggets. Just doesn't feel like anything that would ever come out of my mouth. Kind of like NBA champion Indiana Pacers. But speaking of the links there, it's it's not just the fact that I've always felt like Denver was very comparable to the Pacers as a Western Conference team. A lot of people have said Portland, which I think also fits in a way. But Denver, in a way, is, is very similar to the Pacers, where historically speaking, they've had a lot of competitive teams. They've had very good players. They've just very rarely had great teams and otherworldly players like what they have right now with Jokic and the Pacers have never really had that Pacers have had Hall of Fame players and I'm talking about in their NBA history I'm not talking, you know, obviously the ABA success that that, that they had was uh, they were the franchise in the ABA I, I acknowledge that but in their NBA history they have not been able to crack that ceiling and break through and get that NBA championship like Denver is on the verge of doing coming up here Monday night or whenever they end up doing it because it just, it feels like it's ultimately going to be a fait accompli but it's exciting I, I think if you're a Pacers fan right now so many things have to fall into place including landing a, a top three to five level player because that's what Toronto had with Kawhi that's what the Bucks had with Giannis and that's what the Nuggets have right now with Jokic Pacers don't have that maybe Tyrese Halliburton can be that I, you know I don't know that's that's asking probably a, a whole heck of a lot same for Ben Matherin But at least it feels like there's hope right now. Whereas when the Pacers were losing to Miami in those years in the conference finals, it just didn't feel like they were ever going to get there because you needed to have like three superstars in order to be an NBA champion. You don't need that anymore. You still need the superstar. (laughs) You still need a lot of timing and luck and circumstance. And in Milwaukee's case, you need Kevin Durant's foot to be a half an inch bigger and be on the line in that second round series, Nets and Bucks to force overtime instead of being the game winner like you need good fortune to win a championship and Denver has gotten some along the way but ultimately at the very least they've shown that it's possible and I think a lot of Pacers fans had been resigned to the fact that this is not ever going to happen for us and it just shows that you can never really say never about something like that it could happen I would love to see it happen it'd be amazing to happen And it's a a fan base that deserves a championship, just like Denver does. Uh, You know, the loyalty of those fans sticking it out through all of those years without ever breaking through. Be difficult to do. Let's step away from the NBA conversation and welcome back for the second night in the row. The longtime voice of the Indianapolis Indians and good friend of the show, good friend of mine, Howard Kelman. Uh, Unfortunately, not the result that we were hoping for tonight for the Tribe as they've dropped the first five games of their six-game series against Omaha, losing at Victory Field 9-5 to after giving up four runs in the ninth inning. And, uh, Howard, I I think you kind of said it last night. It's been a a little bit, you know, of the many baseball oddities, sometimes things just don't break your way, and it just seems at home this season for Indy, things have not broken their way against this Omaha team.
3: Well, you're right about that, Derek. Now they were trailing five to three going into the ninth inning, and Omaha scored, as you said, four times. The Indians rallied in the bottom of the ninth, down nine to three. They scored two, nine to five, two on, two out, had the potential tying run on deck, but the game ended right then and there with an Owings out. So Chris uh, Chris Owings made the final out of the game, but. It was a very disappointing loss. The Indians were ahead 2 nothing after four innings. Omaha got a three-run homer in the fifth, and the bases on balls were a big issue. There were 20 walks in the game, 10 issued by each team, and that really hurt the Indians. And... What it often boils down to, Derek, is timely hitting. Mm-hmm. How you do with men in scoring position, and the Indians simply haven't done that in this series.
0: You know, they've been kind of stuck in the middle seemingly uh, for, for a while now. Um, still a long way to go for as far as this season is concerned. Are you confident that they can get things on track here, Howard, and, and really make a run at the postseason?
3: I, I think they have enough players. Now, to make a run at the postseason is very difficult the way it's structured. There are two halves this year. And the first half's going to end in a couple of weeks, so obviously they're not going to finish first. You have 20 teams in the league. The team that has the best record of the 20 teams in the first half will meet the team that has the best record of the 20 teams in the second half in a playoff. So it's pretty tough to get in. It's not the playoff system we used to have with uh, four teams out of 14.
0: And the wild card and all uh, that. That, right. That, yeah, but that was mean, a lot more slots to to have there for the Indians. How we up against it here, but a uh, a nine five loss against Omaha. We'll see if the tribe can salvage that last game. Always great to hear from you, Howard. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight.
3: As always, thank you very much, Derek. That's
0: our friend Howard Kelman. More to get to next. Indiana Sports Talk on Network Indiana.
1: All right, if you are a USFL football fan, there were some games in action tonight there as well. The Pittsburgh Maulers defeated the Michigan Panthers 19-7. Later on in the day, the New Orleans Breakers beat the Memphis Showboats by quite a bit, 31-3, the final in that one, in favor of the New Orleans Breakers. Tomorrow, there's some USFL games in action. The first-place Birmingham Stallions will be taking on the Houston Gamblers. The Gamblers handed the Stallions one of their only two losses this season. Later in the day, the New Jersey Generals will be looking to break a five-game losing streak to the first-place Philadelphia Stars. Back in soccer action with MLS, I said that Chicago and Columbus was looking to head towards extra time, and I do stand corrected. With three minutes in to extra time of the second half, Columbus scores a goal, wins their game 2-1. Other final scores in that matchup. Or I'm sorry, tonight in the MLS. You have Toronto beating Nashville. I'm sorry, Toronto-Nashville tied 1-1. to Atlanta United beating D.C. United 3-1. Montreal blanked Minnesota 4-0. Charlotte and the Seattle Sounders go to a 3-3 tie. New England beat Inter-Miami, the team that Lionel Messi will be landing on in the near future. New England winning that one 3-1. Orlando City beats Colorado two to nothing. The Houston Dynamo and LAFC are final Are in the final record books. It's four to nothing for Houston Dynamo there. Sporting Kansas City beat Austin four to one. Real Salt Lake and New York City are at fifty-two minutes. San Jose and Philadelphia just kicked off. So did Vancouver and Cincinnati. More to come on that later for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Sam Fritz. Welcome back to Indiana Sports Talk. Filling in
0: for the great Bob Lovell, I'm Derek Schultz. Thanks so much for making us part of your Saturday night. Graham Shear says thank you as well. He's running the boards. Sam Fritz says thank you for listening to the updates. He is on the update desk. And uh, we appreciate you being here to spend a summer night with us. Lots going on. Uh, I had mentioned before our conversation with Howard Kelman and another Indianapolis Indians lost to Omaha, Denver being one win away from their first NBA crown as they head into Game 5 with a commanding 3-1 lead heading back home to Denver. Stanley Cup Final is going on right now as well as uh, Florida and Las Vegas are playing in a Game 4. And that's one... I, it's weird for me because I, I grew up in the Northeast and I had a lot of friends that played hockey. And um, I, I know a lot of hockey fans. You know, we, we were kind of in a... Uh, an area of the country where there were a lot of different teams um, you know you had the the devils down the road and then of course the rangers um, when i was growing up as a kid we had the hartford whalers who, who weren't too far away from us either and then the bruins just up the road in boston so you had four teams within uh, an hour's drive a little bit more than that but it's just not something that I ever kind of gravitated towards. I, I got into basketball and then into baseball and into football. And um, even though I pretended like I was a Rangers fan during their 94 run because I, I liked some of the other New York teams, I grew up a really big Knicks, Giants, Yankees fan. Um, and I can tell you some, some members of the 1994 New York Rangers like Brian Leach and Mike Richter and Mark Messier, um, I, I couldn't name a New York Ranger right now. Uh, I'll be honest with you I can't name a golden Knight or Panther player but I am here to provide Stanley Cup vinyl score updates uh, and three two right now Vegas leading Florida as we speak right now into the uh, the third period and I feel bad because you know hockey fans are very defensive about hockey and it's an amazing sport to watch live I, I love live hockey is great. And even watching it on TV, I mean, God, these these overtime sudden death games are just ridiculous. Where you you feel like you can't even you can't even sit down because you have to stand like two feet from your TV because at any moment your season could be over. Like I can't imagine going through that as a fan. I've gone through excruciating things as a fan before and, and really any sport overtime is excruciating in a, in a postseason event but there's nothing really quite like postseason hockey but what i what i don't like about hockey and that's what i think hockey fans probably get defensive about it is such a random game where you've got hot goaltenders or whatever else uh, there are random circumstances you could dominate a game and lose one nothing um, whereas in the NBA, 90% of the time, the better team wins a best of seven series. That's probably not, maybe that happens 55, 60% of the time in hockey, maybe. And to me, if you're going to have a season that goes from October through May, and then let ha- more than half of the league in the playoffs in a, a very random sport, it, it, it all feels like a gigantic waste of time to me. I think every regular season is too long. All of them. NBA's too long. Major League Baseball, God knows, is too long. NASCAR's too long. But you've got this long regular season in hockey for this playoff where it's completely random. And teams that, you know, the the one of the best teams ever, the Bruins in the regular season, they're out first round. Cool. I don't know. I feel like you should make that shorter. <laughs> And not have as big of a playoff field. But I don't know. That's just me. So that's a long-winded way to say Vegas leads 3-2 right now. Three minutes left in the third period in game four of the Stanley Cup final. Non-hockey talk on Indiana Sports Talk when we return on Network Indiana. Welcome back. Indiana Sports Talk Network Indiana. As we wind down our number two of the show. Indiana State facing elimination and down to their final three outs. They are in the bottom of the eighth in Fort Worth, taking on TCU in the Super Regional. They trail six to four, uh, two outs, and TCU does have a runner on, but uh, at the very least, it'll be a two-run deficit, if not more, facing the Sycamores, and it would be a, a tough ending to what's been a fantastic story. Indiana State ranked 14th in the country. One of the best RPIs in the country, played a loaded schedule, but they didn't beat a lot of teams on that loaded schedule they had a great win over vanderbilt earlier in the year but were two and nine against the other top teams in the rpi and a lot of people looked at that detractors looked at that and said well why are they hosting a regional indiana state come on what are we doing here and the sycamore said oh yeah watch us and responded with three straight wins knocking off Wright State and then winning back-to-back games against Iowa in front of a raucous crowd in Terre Haute to advance to a Super Regional, advance past the regionals for the first time since 1986. But unfortunately, they ran into a scheduling conflict because Terre Haute had a uh, an event going with Special Olympics Indiana, which obviously is a great cause and a great event, and they didn't feel like they had the manpower infrastructure wherewithal, whatever it be to host an NCAA super regional. So TCU swooped in and and they hosted and their fans were great and raised 30 grand for special Olympics, Indiana, which is a wonderful story. But TCU, you know, ended up benefiting obviously from, from having home field. And, you know, we're not talking about Indiana state instead of hosting in Terre Haute, Indiana, playing on the road in Bloomington, Illinois or Nashville, Tennessee or, you know, Columbus, Ohio, Fort Worth, Texas is a hike. That's forever away. So not only are you taking away the home field advantage, you're, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball by giving up relinquishing control of hosting that regional and going on the road. You know, to, to Texas, for God's sake. You know, how many Indiana State fans are actually there for the game? Certainly not as many as filled the stands for that raucous atmosphere for the regional. So bummed if, if this is how it's going to end in a, uh, a, an, a 2-0 sweep by TCU in the Super Regional. But it doesn't take away what ISU accomplished this season and a great run for the Sycamores. If indeed this is the end for ISU tonight against TCU, but we'll keep you abreast of what's going on there. Hour number three, final hour, coming up next here on Network Indiana. It's Indiana Sports Talk. Don't go anywhere.